Welcome into the All Things Bama podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated source for all Alabama Crimson Tide news and information. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and I'm joined by Joey Blackwell, BamaCentral.com staff writer, um, for our latest episode. Hope you guys enjoyed Friday's show, uh, a little bit of a recruiting podcast. I had SI All-American uh, football recruiting director John Garcia on. Uh, we talked a lot about Alabama's class, right? We broke down Ian Jackson's commitment. Just committed to uh, USC, so it'll be real interesting to see where, where Alabama goes at the quarterback position. But let's welcome in Joey. Joey, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. This uh, makes it, uh, I think, three weeks in a row I've been on here. Thank you for having me back a third time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad to have you on here, man. Um, first, you know, we're living in some crazy times, Joey. And I think they get crazier just by the passing hours, by the passing days. And it's really sad. You know, last week, I think it was maybe because uh, we recorded last Tuesday um, and it was right when the George Floyd video um, began to go viral. Um, George Floyd, the man who was killed in um, Minneapolis in police custody, um, saw the police officer with his neck or excuse me, his knee on his neck. And um, just just obviously brutal. And it, it's turned our country into a turmoil. And really, you're seeing so many more athletes speak out, Joey. You're seeing them not sticking to sports, which is which is exactly what they should do, right? I mean, they're they have a platform, they have an ability to speak, and so um, they're doing what they should do. They're, they're advocating um, for for Black lives um, and minorities. And so, um, you know, we just had a story up, Chris did on current Alabama athletes and former Alabama athletes reaching out, or not? I should say reaching out, just you know, just showing their um, you know, what they think about everything going on. What did you get just from the overwhelming, you know, responses on Twitter just from, you know, what's going on in our country, people watching it, you know, people sending out love, sending out tweets, um, you know, just his social media is where this lives. So I'm curious your opinion on this. Well, as far as player reactions, you know, a lot of people are sending out love. Of course, everybody sympathizes for the family of George Floyd and that tragic situation in Minneapolis. Um, and of course, a lot of people are calling for, for action. Um, there's been a call for action for years now. And I think um, well, the times that we're in right now could be seen as a tipping point. Um, and if a lot of people are calling for action or calling for justice. Thank goodness the, off, the former officer um, that uh, committed the act has been arrested and has been charged. Um, so I think that's the first step in moving on to healing as a country. Obviously, we still have a long way to go, but um, I believe ultimately that um, we're seeing a lot of change and for the better in the United States today. Yeah, and um, and man, you know, I, you know, me and you and Chris and everybody on the site, you know, we we make a living now off of off of these athletes and off of these sports, and so um, you know, when they've got a voice, we've got to share their message, right? Like like that's what that's what we're supposed to do. And um, and like I said, um, listeners, we have a story up on the site. It, it was up on um, Tuesday afternoon, just kind of a reaction piece about uh, what's going on from from a lot of Alabama players perspective. Speaking of Alabama players, Joey, let's talk about something a little more uh, positive and that, hey, the Alabama summer enrollees, the 12 that were remaining in this class, uh, they're on campus now, man. Um, that's exciting. You know, Alabama football players are starting to trickle back into Tuscaloosa. That's exciting. And, um, and and for me, it was just really good to see on Twitter, man, um, the freshmen moving in. Because I remember when I was a freshman moving in, it was such a great experience. And um, and now seeing that and seeing that we're so closer or so much more closer to football than we were, you know, just a few months ago. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great seeing them all moving. You know, you're talking about you know freshman move-in stories. I remember that as well. Those are always fun times, and I'm sure it's even better for these guys. You know, they're transitioning not only schools, they're transitioning to that next chapter in life, and they're also transitioning, you know, football programs. And you know, of course, I'm sure uh, most of them, in fact, all of them, have aspirations to play football at the the next next level in the NFL. So of course, there's nobody better than Coach Saban to do that. But seeing these athletes, you know, we have this, we have these players coming back on campus. They'll start workouts on the eighth. And then also, you know, we have a little bit of college baseball coming up later this week um, in, a, in, a, in a tournament and the collegiate summer baseball invitational. So having all of those happen this week, you know, it's slowly but surely starting to look like we're making that that slow, you know, tortoise like walk um, towards having college athletics back. Yeah. And I saw um, I didn't see photos of this at Alabama, but I did see photos at Ole Miss of when the players are literally they're walking into the building. And guess what? They're getting tested right then and there. They're getting their temperature taken. Um, so a little bit of a new normal, right? Yeah, a little bit of a new normal. And, um, you know, I'm going to kind of take it back to the, the baseball term I was talking about. that's taking place in Bryan, Texas. You know, they're taking a lot of precautions uh, when it comes to uh, when players first arrive. They're getting tested before they, they're able to enter the building. And the players aren't even allowed to leave, to leave their hotel rooms unless they're going uh, to and from uh, the game. And even then, they're... They're getting tested. Um, I don't think they're getting tested every day. They're getting tested before they leave, but they are also they are getting their temperature constantly checked. They're um, constantly having to report to doctors on, you know, if they have any symptoms. So um, the stuff that we're seeing there, I'm sure we're also seeing at colleges all over the country. And you use the Ole Miss example. I'm sure we're seeing that all over as well. Um, and people are definitely, you know, it is the new normal. And that's just, you know, everybody's taking their precautions still. Even I think we're three months into this uh, quarantining and pandemic at this point. Yeah, and um, I, I know the quarantine and the coronavirus, everything got a little overshadowed with, the, obviously, the events we talked about uh, at the beginning of this episode. But, um, you know, let's go ahead and talk about on the field, right? There's 12 guys in this Alabama class coming in. This is the number two recruiting class in the entire country for the 2020 cycle. Joey, just from the 12 guys, just from choosing the 12 guys who are coming on campus now in the summertime, the summer enrollees, who give me give me a name or two that you think could make the biggest impact as a freshman? Well, that, that's a big question. I think all um, you know, those these players have a, have the ability to have a huge impact. Uh, when talking about, you know, you, yeah, you said two names. I'll give you I'll give you three or four. Um, I think Christian Story is going to make an impact early on. You know, I think he's he could potentially play safety, um, especially with all the. Um, players left like you know such as Xavier McKinney that left last year you also have uh, Javon Baker um, who is a wide receiver you know especially with um, both um, gosh um, Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy leaving this year you're looking to see some of the wide receivers step up so you could possibly one uh, outside linebacker Juan Darius Robinson you know he's the number six outside linebacker in the country um, according to 24-7 sports you have him and then I'll, I'll even throw in one more uh, Brian Branch and uh, you know another safety um, Alabama, you know, they started two freshmen last year between uh, the the line and the middle linebacker and linebackers last year. So I'm surprised if uh, Saban put some safeties of uh, freshman safeties in there this year too. Yeah, he's done it in the past, and, and wouldn't be surprised if he did it in the future. And you know, going back, <laughs> I, I remember me and Chris Walsh, we did two podcasts. We did Alabama spring football preview. We did the offense for one episode and the defense for another episode, and I. And that would literally the day the defensive one, the, the part two of that series got, that's when everything shut down, right? So we didn't get the spring practice. And so the kind of these summer enrollees, yeah, they didn't get the fourth quarter program, but they're just going to be right up to speed. I mean, they're going to be on the same level, I should say, kind of with the early enrollees, right? So 
because not having spring practice hurts them. They did get the fourth quarter program in, which, I mean, you know, that, that does say something. But they've all had to be working out at home. Um, they've had to be doing in-home workouts, you know, trying to find local gyms, trying to find a field to go practice, to go do um, these exercises. And so, in my opinion, Joey, you're talking about guys who, who could potentially make a huge impact. Um, there's one name that you didn't mention, and that's Tim Smith, right? Five-star defensive tackle out of Sebastian, Florida. Um, big guy, man, just monster. Uh, he can stop the run. He can get in the, he can get in the gaps and, and, and stop the running game. He can rush the passer from the middle. And that's exactly what you want, right? He's a guy He's going to command double teams eventually. Once he gets up to playing the level, he can play. Um, I, Alabama, man, when, when, when their defense is rocking and rolling, it's, it's because of what's the, the pass rush that's generated up front, right, getting to the quarterback. That kind of alleviates some of the issues in the defensive backfield and in the middle of the defense, right, the linebacker position. So I think Tim Smith is one guy who can make a huge impact as a freshman. And you mentioned Brian Branch. He's one of the true safeties in this class. He's a top 50 player nationally in the 2020 class. Um, and, you know, he's got some great ball skills. That's something me and Chris talked about on this podcast. We were talking about the defensive backfield. There was kind of some unknown, right? And um, Jacquez, Ro- uh, Jacquez Robinson, who was an early enrollee, he practiced with the bowl uh, before the bleeding up to the bowl, to, um, to the Citrus Bowl. And he kind of got some early, early, you know, early progress there in terms of trying to get fight for some um, playing time. But Brian Branch is a guy who come in and, and, and really make an impact early because you're going to have Sertain. You're going to have Josh Job. And uh, and you're going to have um, Ronald Williams there as well, who's the JUCO transfer coming in. So so I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens in that defensive backfield and on the defensive line. No, I agree. And, you know, you talked about Tim Smith for a little bit. Um, you know, Tim Smith actually is – I don't have him in any, any particular order. I think Tim Smith is going to have a, a huge impact as well. Uh, he was in the fifth one, and I just thought I was rambling for a little bit. But you're exactly right about Timothy Smith. You know, he's got that naturally thick build, uh, which, of course, is very – uh, it's very wanted in this day and age. You know, he's cut a significant amount of bad weight in his past couple of years. Uh, you know, he blows up plays from a line at a high rate. Really, really talented player. Looking forward to seeing him. And you're absolutely right. He's going to have an – if he sticks with Alabama, you know, in the coming years, uh, he's going to have a big impact over the next, you know, three, four seasons. Yeah, that's something you say right there, right, Joey, that I qualify if, if, if he stays at Alabama. Because, I mean, the transfer rule is just kind of, you know – it's crazy, right? Like guys, freshmen come in there, and if they don't fight for, um, you know, if they can't, if they don't see themselves starting anytime soon. It's like, hey, I'm bolting after this first year, and that whole landscape has kind of changed. Even Nick Saban said it. You know, he said it's turning into free agency. He said it, but I mean, he he said that at uh, in Destin at the spring meetings years ago, and now it's coming to fruition. And speaking of transfers, it reminds me, um, Carl Tucker Jr., the UNC tight end transfer, um, coming in. And filling a position of need, I, I would say at Alabama, at Alabama, you've got Miller Forstall, you've got Jalil Billingsley, who I think Jalil Billingsley, you know, he's more likely the big playmaker there at that position. Um, but tight end, man, it, it's such a crucial position. And I think Carl Tucker Jr. is one of those guys who's going to be, a, you know, he's kind of a red zone threat. He can block really well. Um, he, he can do the dirty work. Um, but he's just another, uh, another body you can throw the ball to in the end zone, man, um, when you're down in those goal line situations. Yeah, I think Tucker's going to have an impact right away. You know, if anybody on this list, I think he has the most potential to have an immediate impact, especially on the offense. You know, it, uh, and he, you know, for North Carolina, he appeared in 38 games at Chapel Hill. You know, he had, caught 36 passes, 549 yards, I believe four touchdowns. He started 20 of those games uh, over the course at North Carolina. Um, so he's a, he's a veteran, and he's exactly what Alabama needs right now as far as a, a consistent tight end threat. 
Yeah, tight end will definitely be a position to watch in the 2021 recruiting cycle. Um, guys like Thomas Fedone, guys like Hudson Wolf, um, just to keep an eye on. Um, in this class, Joey, we just we talked about we listed, you know, some of the names um, that, you know, that are in there that are star studded. Really, this is a really big class. And, and these are guys who um, obviously Alabama loves and, and guys who could all really have a high ceiling at the capstone. But outside of, of this group and um, outside of Bryce Young, of course, who are a couple guys that are freshmen that you think maybe early enrollees that maybe got slept on? Uh, maybe in the spring before everything shut down, that you think could be a key contributor as well. Are you, so you're talking about outside of these group of 12, 12 players? And Bryce Young, of course. Uh, as far as freshmen are concerned, um, it's difficult to say. Um, sorry, I'm trying to <laughs> – did my research for these 12 guys, so I'm kind of stumped here. Well, how about you? While, while, I, while I frantically pull up my research, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So – so, I mean, I know Will Anderson, right? Will Anderson, outside linebacker, one of those new age backers. He's getting a lot of love. Drew Sanders. And I'm talking about a lot of guys on the defensive end, right? Because this is a class that Alabama really loaded up on in the, uh, you know, in, in the 2020 cycle. And so I, I think I think these guys, like I said, Chris Broswell, Drew Sanders, Will Anderson, these are guys that are really going to fight for um, – Fight, fight for playing time. I really do believe that in meaningful playing time. It's not going to be garbage time. They're going to fight for meaningful playing time because last year um, there was a lot of there was a lot of injuries on the defensive line. And I know Alabama's got LeBron Ray back. You know he's going to he's going to be as healthy as he can be gearing up for this season. Um, but you know, like I said before, when Alabama's defense is really good, it's because of the big boys in the trenches up front. Do you believe that Drew Sanders will get the start this year, uh, even with Dylan Moses coming back and a couple other linebackers returning? Uh, no, I, 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 I would say, you know, he, he could come in in some situations. Um, but no, you know, Dylan, Joshua McMillan, um, the linebacker room's loaded right now, right? And it, it adds depth. That's the biggest thing that Alabama hasn't had, um, in years past because you look, you look at last year, right? They started like five, five true freshmen were on there playing meaningful minutes, meaningful snaps. And, uh, and that's the big thing, right? Injuries and depth. And now there's no question. Alabama's got the most depth at the linebacker room and the running back position. Yeah, running back position is another one. You know, you have Najee Harris coming back. You still have Brian Robinson coming back. So that's another place that's looking good for Alabama. You know, going back going back to Drew Sanders, I agree with you. I think Drew Sanders is, is number one on that list uh, outside of those 12. You know, he's the number one player in the, in the state of Texas. Uh, he appeared nationally on TV, you know, thir- number 13 uh, player nationally in the fi- finals. Uh, according to 24-7 sports. So a lot looking forward to in years to come, especially if, you know, this year you have a situation with the linebackers, kind of quarterback situation. It's like, you know, you have these these players that are going to start this year, but then, you you know, next year, you know, it's going to, as they say, in Alabama, you know, you, uh, you, you just re, they just reload them over and over again. So looking forward to that. Another summer enrollee that I'm really excited about, Joey, is Javon Cohen. You look at Alabama's offensive line going into um, going into this season. It's experience, right? You're returning four of the five starters, and this is something I know. Me and you were texting about, you know, who were Alabama's big important players for this season. And when me and you were talking about it, we listed eight guys before we got to anybody on the offensive line. And I think that says something about how deep and, and how and how strong this 2020 team is. And so, yeah, I like Javon Cohen a lot. I think you know he's really raw. He prides himself on in high school, and he told me this. He didn't give up a sack in high school, right? Like, he didn't give up a sack during his varsity career 
And uh, I remember watching him in a video on the news just recently. You know, he was gearing up. It was a local news down there um, near Phoenix City. He was like, well, I'm hoping, you know, uh, in college that doesn't happen. And I'm thinking to myself, well, somebody's going to beat you on some snap. It's going to happen. But, no, I really do like Javon Cohen. Great kid. Um, I, You know, because you have Alex Leatherwood right now that's going to be playing left tackle. And Javon Cohen's a pure tackle, right? Um, you know, he's got a huge frame. He carries he carries his weight really well, 300-plus pounds. Best tackle coming from the state of Alabama. Um, he was, of course, his, his recruitment was a little crazy. He originally committed to South Carolina, then flipped to Auburn, and then eventually flipping to Alabama. Um, so he's a, he's a guy to really keep a name on, keep your, keep your eye on down the stretch, right, in a few years, maybe even as early as his sophomore season uh, when that four to five guys on that offensive line, uh, you know, head out of Alabama um, at the end of the 2020 campaign. And with Cohen, you know, six foot five, two ninety five in high school, so he's only going to get bigger as college goes on and he gets into that weight room. But no, you're exactly right. You know, he's got that well proportioned frame. He's exactly, you know, he's a pure tackle, kind of like um, uh, Jedrick Wills in a way. You know, you can kind of move him back and forth uh, there. He's an athletic edge blocker in quickness. You know, he blocks in tight windows and closes closes gaps, keeps on and, and makes holes for running backs. So looking forward to seeing him. And you're exactly right. He's uh, another. You know, we listed those eight players and you talk about Mac Jones, Najee Harris. And we didn't list any linemen, but they definitely deserve to be credited. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people will probably come into this year underestimating Alabama because, you know, you had a lot of big names leave. Of course, Tua Tonga Bailoa, you had Jerry Judy leave, Henry Ruggs, you had Xavier McKinney. You had those big names leave, but you, people didn't stop to think about what Alabama was going to reload them with and, what, and who Alabama was going to replace them with. So Alabama will never be underestimated because of what they've done over the past decade. But at the same time, I think that coming into this year, uh, there's a lot of questions surrounding this team. And I think a lot of these young players are going to be answering those questions pretty well. Yeah, you know, just before – I don't want to get too much into who are the most you know, important players because we're going to do an episode on that. But I think you can put the whole offensive line as one unit, right? Deontay Brown, <laughs> Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, um, you know, even, even Chris Owens maybe too. You know, just guys who are going to – you know, they're really going to carry this team. And that's why the quarterback position, you're talking about Mac Jones starting – you're going to talk about Bryce Young and what's going to happen with him. I, I just think that in the end, it might not matter who the quarterback is because of the running back stable, the offensive line, just all the depth. It's not going to matter. And, I, Joey, I don't know if you saw this, but you know Danny Cannell, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he was talking about, yeah, you know, if Alabama plays with their potential, they're going to be contenders for the national champions. I saw this recently. I saw this recently. And I'm thinking to myself, um, you know, it's like college football. It's like analyst says water is wet. <laughs> like that's what that is to me right like like these, yeah, of course, exactly if alabama, yeah if alabama plays up to their potential of course they're going to be um contending for national champions i can say that about clemson i can say that about ohio state i could i can say that about georgia i could say that about notre dame i can say that about anybody right i just thought that was funny and then i'm thinking about it, i'm like man you know really if you look at all the pieces it might not matter who the quarterback is because everybody else is so talented um and they can they could elevate the program to an 18th championship in uh, in 2020 well, you know, it takes it back to last year, you know, when Alabama, you know, had the loss to LSU and then the loss to Auburn. And I think they dropped as far as, I believe it was 13th. And, uh, you know, Alabama fans acted like the world was ending. And, just, and you know, when you sit and think about it, you know, you have to think about how 13 is bad for Alabama. But you have to think about all these other schools that will be so happy to be in the top 15 teams. But for Alabama, 13 is a failure. And, of course, they ended up moving up after they beat Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. Um, but <laughs> you have to think about how spoiled uh, – Alabama fans are and that's not not in a bad that's not not I'm not meaning that in a negative way I'm just talking about how you know how pampered 
uh, we've been over the past decade and how, you know, if we're not expected, if we're not preseason number one or at least preseason number two, there's a lot of disappointment going around. Even if you're preseason number two, either people roll their eyes at it or people or not people, other Alabama fans roll their eyes at it or they think, well, we're just going to beat that number one team anyways. <laughs> and, uh, and Joey, there, there's one more thing I want to get into. And we're going to start doing SEC position previews on the site. And our, our editor, our boss, uh, Christopher Walsh, did the wide receivers today. Uh, it was the first one we're going to do it throughout the month of June. He did receivers. He had the Alabama group of receivers at two, and he had LSU at one. He had Georgia at three, and then he had A&M at four. And then he had he – had, actually, he had Arkansas. Arkansas was in the top five. Group for wide receivers. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you saw this list earlier, Joey. But but what are your initial takes on, on that? I didn't actually see the list, but I'm definitely going to read it after this podcast is over. Um, now that I've heard that, I'm kind of surprised by LSU being number one. I think Alabama at number two. Um, uh, Alabama at number two. You know, of course they have Jalen Waddle coming back. They have Devonte Smith coming back. They have John Mechie. We've already talked about the freshman wide receivers that are coming in. Um, I think Alabama is pretty much set for next year. Um, comparing it to LSU at number one. Um, I don't know about that. What do you think? So they're returning the Blitnikoff Award winner, Jamar Chase, and they've got Terrence Marshall, uh, who caught, I believe, 40-some-odd balls, had like 80, had like 80, 800 yards. Excuse me. Yeah, he way had way more than 80. Had like 800 yards. Um, and had a good bit of touchdowns as well. Had 13 touchdowns. I'm sorry, yeah, he had, he had 713 touchdowns, had a foot injury toward the end of the year. All right, so, uh, you know, if you take LSU's one right, Jamar Chase, I believe he's unbelievable. I think Jamar Chase is, is an incredible athlete, great route runner, uh, great speed. But when you look at Alabama's one and two, you you got Devontae Smith. You just mentioned Devontae Smith. You've got Jalen Waddle. And I'm not even going to include John Mechie. I think Waddle and Smith will have, both have better seasons than Terrence Marshall. Uh, so, so I think LSU at one is reasonable, yeah, because they've got the Blitnikoff, the reigning Blitnikoff Award winner. Um, but it's not, it's not too, it's, you know, it's tooth and nail. It's not. The a gap in size of the Grand Canyon, of course, it is tooth and nail right there. I think you really could go either way, Alabama at one or LSU at one in the flip flop. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And then Georgia at three. I think my real qualm was just Georgia at three, which I need to text Chris and be like, hey, man, Georgia at three. Another guy, George Pickens, another guy, a talented recruiting class. But was this not the big qualm with Georgia last year in their offense was that the receivers couldn't get open. Jake Fromm was having a tough time throwing them open. And now they've got Jamie Newman and, and JT Daniels if he gets eligible. So um, those are really my my take on, on the top three. Well, you have to think about Georgia is that with with JT with the you know news that JT Daniels is trying to get approval to to, to play there, and of course with Jamie Newman, that'll send up wide receiver stock, um, having a better quarterback than in the backfield. So um, Georgia at three, uh, you know, makes sense to me. I'm interested to see what Texas A&M could do at four, what those obviously were able to pull off with Kellen Mond this year, um, and then. Uh, I'm surprised to see Florida all the way down at seven. Sorry, I keep looking down at my laptop. Uh, I'm surprised to see Florida down at seven with Kyle Trask, but it'll be interesting to see. You know, I I think Chris is right with Alabama and LSU in the top two. We'll just have to wait till till this season to see uh, what what can be what can become of it. Yeah, and and for Texas A&M, it's more so their crop of of tight ends. You know, Jalen Widermeyer, you know, great tight end. They've always got a good stable there, and you know, we talked about it before, Kellen Mond might be the best returning quarterback in the SEC. Um, but, Joey, as we begin to wrap up here, is there any closing thoughts you might have? Kind of, Do you have a message um, for maybe anybody listening or maybe people still watching the video on our site? Just, you know, with everything going on, do, do you have any messages of, uh, of hope and maybe inspiration? Well, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us um, throughout this pandemic. Of course, we're, it's not over yet, but, you know, we're all 
we're all making it through it, you know, together. Um, and um, thank you for continuing to use our site. And also, please be safe out there. You know, a lot of craziness going on in our country right now uh, regarding not just the pandemic, but of course, the situation that we talked about at the beginning of this video. And as everybody, please stay safe. Please stay happy. Please stay healthy. Wash your hands. Uh, make smart decisions. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll all be watching football together this fall. Awesome. Well, that was Joey Blackwell. I'm Tyler Martin. And signing off for the All Things Now podcast, powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated home for all Alabama Crimson Tide news and information. Thank you for watching, and thank you for listening.